This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. SeedsHereNow.com also offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Aficionado Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 658 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of grow questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those kind folks who support the show on Patreon. Let's start off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my new friend, Uncle Rick. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to my buddy, The Dad Hayes. I want to send a big thank you. Shout out to Brohan78. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my buddy Lefty's Farm. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Thomas McGinnis and Made While Medicated. I want to send a big fist bump to my buddy Tartan Mike. Let's send a special thank you shout out to Green Vet 88224. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Rasufa. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Josiah W. I want to send a huge thank you shout out to Stash Drop 269. Let's send a big fist bump to Captain Mojo. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Groove 2112. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Zaxon Starker. And then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you shout out to my new friend Matthew Trukovich. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And of course, I did include that link in the show notes and the video description. You guys know the ramble about the video description, the link in the show notes. This time, I'm going to remind you that I do include a Discord link in the notes and the video description. That's right. There is a Discord server where there are a lot of great people hanging out right now. There's something going on on the Irie Genetics Grow From Your Heart Irie Army Discord. Something is happening right now. Billy Podunk is hanging out there posting something. Dave's not here, maybe posting something cool. Our buddy Graybeard is doing something. Maybe Stabby is posting something over there. Make sure you check out the Discord. It is in the show description in the notes. Follow the link. Also, before we get too far, I do want to apologize. You may hear the air conditioner rattling in the background. Uh, It is approximately 8 o'clock as I am recording, and it is approximately 90 degrees outside. It has taken me all day to get this space cool and comfortable for recording. I'm not turning off that air. I'm going to let it just keep on going until it is almost cold, until it's uncomfortably cold, and then we'll turn it down a little bit and let it readjust. But uh, I'm grateful that it has cooled down a little bit, and I'm not turning it off. So if you hear a couple of rattles, a couple of background noises, that's just the air conditioner. Don't worry about it. We'll be cool. Get it? We will be cool. That's a dad joke if I ever heard one. All right. 
Um, what else do I want to say? Please like and subscribe on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. We've got 7,500 and some random number of subscribers at this point. I do appreciate, love, and respect all of those subscribers. However, I want 10,000 subscribers. Once we hit that 10,000 mark, that is when the show will pop up in more uh, algorithms. More people will see the show and the You May Like This Show or the recommended shows will pop up after other people watch the Dude Grow Show. They'll see my show pop up after that. Get the show more exposure. So what I'm asking for is for you to share the show. It is completely free. All you have to do is tell your friends, maybe share a post on social media, maybe just click like, click subscribe, leave some comments on the show, anything to click, uh, make the show move, move us in the algorithm would be helpful. I would be grateful. Big thank you for all that. Let's get to 10,000 subscribers, you guys. I think we should have 10K. Let's push. Let's get it there. All right. I don't want to ramble too much. I did say I was going to focus on grow questions. Let's get to that part of the show. Uh, this one came from my friend, uh, slightly stoned stupid 42 on Patreon. Big shout out to all of the Patreon supporters, uh, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Uh, this one says, Hey Rasta Jeff, I have a question about one of your strains. I'm trying my hand in breeding and I have a real nice Scarlet Begonias female. So they're going to breed. They have chosen a Scarlet Begonias female as the breeder. That is a great plant to breed with. A lot of great opportunities will come from that. It says, I'm breeding with a nice DJ Shorts Navy Cross male. And that Navy Cross is East Coast Sour Diesel to the DJ Short Blueberry F4. Uh, that is going to be, that's an amazing cross right there. You got the East Coast Sour Diesel, that straight diesel feel, chemicals, nasty funk. Uh, almost an aroma that kind of burns your eyes. It's kind of, if, if somebody's got a bag of that in their pocket and they get in the car, your nose starts to crinkle. You go, man, you got that sour diesel on you. And then your eyes start to feel it. And then as soon as I smoke sour diesel flowers, I feel it in my eyes, in my head, and I love it. Uh, one random note about the sour diesel. I do not enjoy sour diesel concentrates. It just doesn't transfer. It doesn't translate in my opinion. Something happens when you make a concentrate that chemically skunky uh, diesel flavor doesn't come through the way it should in a concentrate most of the time. That is just my opinion. I've never really enjoyed I love the flowers. I love a good sour diesel flower. Never been a big fan of any sour diesel concentrates. There's just something I've really noticed along the way. Let me get back on track. So we've got a sour diesel, an East Coast sour diesel crossed to a blueberry F4. Uh, that's going to be Blueberry, Diesel, Terps, that's going to be crazy, amazing, delicious, good. I can imagine only a good buzz from anything DJ Short puts out. Uh, DJ Short's a great breeder. Uh, let me make a side note. I am honored that you're choosing to use one of my strains to breed to one of DJ strains because DJ honestly is uh, one of my heroes. Without DJ Short, there wouldn't be an Irie Genetics. He is uh, one of the godfathers, one of the pioneers, one of the founders of cannabis breeding. Uh, he taught me, not directly, his books, his teachings, his podcast appearances, uh, his books, mainly a lot of shit that he has said in magazines and books have taught me a lot of things and a lot of ideas and have been springboards for ideas and tricks that I've learned uh, up to where I am now. So uh, without DJ, I wouldn't be where I am. I read genetics wouldn't exist. Rasta Jeff wouldn't be where we are. So big shout out, big salute to DJ Short. And thank you for choosing to breed my Scarlet to some DJ Short work. That's fucking awesome. Now let's get back on some sort of track here. You're going to breed the Scarlet Begonias to the DJ Short's Navy Cross male. And then it says, now, to make the strain stable, do you keep finding the winners and inbreeding them? Um, in short form, it's not inbreeding. It is uh, filial breeding. It's breeding for the next generation. But technically, what you said is what you want to do, yes. But when you say inbreeding, that implies that you are going to take 
one of the seeds that you made and breed it to one of the parent plants. And that would be a bat cross, a BC, or a BX if you want to make Pete's head explode. Uh, that would be a bat cross. So what you want to do, uh, you're on the right path. You want to, or what is done to stable, and what is your? what do you mean by stable? Um, I see a lot of people say, that plant is not stable. And they mean that it's got tendencies to have problems or it's got this or it does that. Stable just means do the plants look uniform? When you grow out a population of seeds, how uniform do they look? Are they stable? Are the, uh, the phenotypes stable? That's what we want to talk about. So that's what I think you're aiming for. Uh, how do we make them stable? Sometimes uh, that first F1, you're going to get pretty stable crosses. You're going to identify it. You'll be able to identify the phenotypes uh, you'll see what you've made. You'll know what you're working with. Um, now you've got that F1 batch of seeds, or actually it's technically a polyhybrid, but we're going to call this an F1 batch of seeds. So you've taken your scarlet begonias. You have pollinated it with the uh, navy cross. You've got a batch of seeds. You want to make them stable. You find a male and a female from that batch of seeds that are the winners, like you said, that have traits which you are looking for. Now here's where we talk about the breeding part, which I always like to step in with. What is your goal? Breeding is all about your goal. These are two great plants to cross. I could see why it would be a good idea, but I can't see the plants which you have chosen to cross. What is the reason? What is the goal? What is the desired outcome? Is there something about the scarlet begonias you love? What about the DJ short plant that you really love? Are you trying to correct something? Are you trying to upgrade something? Are you chasing a trait from one? Are you trying to combine traits to, from one and the other to make one plant? What is your ultimate goal here? document that goal, then do the cross, then grow out those seeds. Find if you've met your goal, do a certain percentage of the seeds you made hit the goal you're looking for. Are they better than both parent plants? Do they look, smell, taste, grow, appear, perform the way you expected, anticipated, and hope those plants would? If so, you're mostly successful so far. If not, then you're not, you're not successful. You didn't make a good cross. You may have to just either pick another male plant out of the pack, pick a different phenotype, uh, start all over, or just abandon the project altogether. So set a goal. What is your desired goal? What traits are you looking for? So grow out these seeds. Find a female plant that holds the traits you are looking for. Find a male plant that holds the traits you are looking for and cross those again. And then guess what? You're going to get seeds out of those we're going to do it again. Find a female that holds the traits you're looking for. Find a male that holds the traits you're looking for and cross it again. Every time you do it, you should be working on stabilization and uniformity of the progeny of the offspring of the phenotypes. They should look similar each time you do this. They should get closer and closer and closer. The first time you do the cross, you're going to get like probably you'll see somewhere between three, maybe five, maybe seven or eight different phenotypes, depending on the parent plants you use. It just depends on how their genetics breed together. You're going to see multiple phenotypes. When you do the F2, you're going to see, we call it the Pandora's box. You're going to open up a lot of stuff. You're going to see um, plants that are a lot the mommy, plants that are a lot the daddy, plants that are a little bit mommy and daddy, but then you're also going to see grandparents on both sides of that cross appear in the progeny. It's going to be very fun. It's really unique. It's a little bit frustrating sometimes to work with the F2 uh, population. So now it's your job to select the proper male and female out of that F2 population, breed them together and make the F3. Now these are going to be, if you've done your selection properly, these will be more uniform. They'll start getting more stable is the word that you're using. They'll start looking more uniform, more familiar. Uh, get your F3s, find the seeds that look beautiful, that do what you want, the plants that do what you want, and cross those. 
So that is, you're going to F4. By the time you get to F4, F5, you're really looking at uniform plants. DJ stops at four or five most of the time, and he says that is to give you some room to work with it if you choose to breed with it. If you breed uh, with a plant that is an F4 or an F5, it's going to be very dominant in your mix. It's going to be like adding too much hot sauce. It's just going to overpower everything. Everything will be spicy at that point. So the easiest way, the main way to do this is to keep going forward with filial generations and stabilize by uh, selection, by finding uh, the traits you want and selecting parent plants that perform and do the things you need and crossing them. So if you select pot properly uh, and keep going forward, you will make them stable. Uh, it's just all about selection from population. Um, what becomes challenging with that is sometimes you see outliers and you want to play with the outliers. Do I want to breed with the one that looks just like I wanted to play with or do I want to breed to that fucking weirdo? There's nothing stopping you from pollinating both of those plants and doing two separate lines and playing with it. Now that I said two separate lines, let's talk about a totally different process of doing this. I don't know what your goal is, but maybe, uh, maybe you want the flavor of the blueberry diesel and maybe you want the potency of the scarlet begonias. I'm just making up traits and ideas for the sake of a podcast just to have a springboard to talk about here. So you want one trait. I forgot what I even said now. You want the, the potency of the scarlet begonias and the flavors and aromas of the sour diesel blueberry cross, the uh, navy uh, Navy cross. So you could, in theory, you could keep crossing male and female and male and female and keep hoping you get that potency and that flavor. Keep hoping you get those traits. Find the female that's got both of those and keep crossing and keep crossing further and further until you've stabilized it. Or here is another idea. You can breed two separate lines. You can breed the same. This is the same cross. So you take the scarlet begonias, you take your uh, navy cross and you make seeds. Now you find the male and female that you like that have the flavor. The, the female's got the flavor you're looking for and the male has got, it's got the aromas. It's gonna work good for breeding and you cross it to that female and you make the flavor profile and then you F2 that for flavor and F3 that focused on flavor the whole time all the way up to F4 or F5 and focus on just flavor. Now you need a good grower, you need a good structure, you need a good shape. But the main focus right now is whatever that flavor you're after, focus in on that. I'm going to say uh, blueberry diesel. I can almost smell what a blueberry diesel. I've smoked blueberry headband. It's probably quite similar. Uh, that gassiness with the sweet blueberry to it with that fake blueberry muffin flavor on the exhale. I can get that in my mind. So we're searching for that terp on the blueberry side of the cross. Now let's get a totally different batch of seeds, the same batch of seeds, but a different selection of seeds and we're pulling out a male and female that breed for nothing but potency. Like they don't taste super good, they don't yield super fat, but it is potent. Every time you smoke it, you gotta call your mom, you gotta be like, bro, I'm too fucking high, I can't find my keys and the keys are in your hand. Like it's one of the, looking for your sunglasses while you're fucking wearing them. I uh, gotta turn down the music so that you could see the street signs better, that kind of weed. So breed for potency, and then just go F2, potency, F3, potency, F4, potency. And then by the time you get to F4, F5, you've just bred these plants that every seed just makes highly ridiculously potent fucking plants. So now on side A, you have still got uh, scarlet begonias crossed to uh, navy cross. On the other side, you've still got scarlet begonias crossed to navy cross, but one line is nothing but terps, and the other side is nothing but potency. Now guess what we get to do? We get to find the correct progeny from each line and cross those 
and then we get the amazing terps and the amazing potency and that is when we have got a true f1 hybrid that is when a true f1 is achieved at that point uh, earlier i said that we we're playing with polyhybrids that is a good way to wrap back to the polyhybrid part until you work it and stabilize it in such a manner it is just a polyhybrid at this point it is a true f1 you've worked the two lines for desired specific traits with a very specific goal in mind and then you have crossed the two in the end uh, it is really a long process it could be a lifeline a lifetime project but there's no rush there's no hurry to do this dj short has been at this since he was a very young man and he's my senior probably by i'm gonna give him 10 years on me no no disrespect dj uh we respect you because you're our elder i'm just saying dj's been at it for a while you've got your whole life to do it uh don't try to fast track it going fast will fuck you up take your time be patient uh grow large numbers if you can a uh, large population will give you opportunity to find the plants you're looking for you can find the uniform plants you can find the outliers uh, you'll start being very familiar with them early when they start growing if you grow enough you'll go i don't even want these plants and you'll just start calling them you know these aren't for me this is not for the mix and you'll just start getting rid of it uh, and then you'll see it on both sides you'll be really really good at calling the plants that do not qualify for your breeding project all right so let me make sure i answered all of that now to make the strain stable do you keep finding the winners and inbreeding them inbreeding isn't the uh, appropriate word but you've got the right idea yes you'll have a batch of seeds out of the seeds find a male find a female breed them together those will make more seeds find a male find a female out of those seeds and breed those together and just keep going forward if you want to do two separate breeding projects to isolate traits and then bring those together in the future that is a really beautiful project to really get a beautiful f1 hybrid so you did use the word inbreeding, which isn't absolutely correct in this situation. I understand what you were getting at, but I'm just going to talk about inbreeding briefly here. Uh, inbreeding is basically how we make a back cross. Inbreeding would be if we took any of the seeds and bred it to the parent which it came from. In plant biology, it's okay to uh, breed brothers and sisters together. It's okay to breed anything together, but uh, breeding brothers and sisters together is more commonplace for moving the generations forward. Uh, breeding a parent to one of the children is actually a back cross and it's done mainly to uh, stabilize something like a back cross. I would do that if I didn't have, uh, if I wanted to make seeds of something which I only had a female of. And I've talked about that plenty on other shows, but that is, that is inbreeding. If you go uh, a seed back to one of its parents is actually the inbreeding in cannabis. That can be done a lot of different ways. I just wanted to touch on what inbreeding actually was since you did use that word here in the message. All right, I think I talked a lot about that topic. I hope I answered your question. Um, I really do enjoy talking about breeding. So if you've got any more breeding questions, please do send them to me. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart is the easiest method or uh, grow from your heart at hotmail.com will get them to me as well. All right, I do have another question here in front of me. Uh, also, big shout out to my buddy, slightly stoned, stupid 42. Got another question. This one came from our friend Red Eye. And it says, I was also thinking about reversed feminized to feminized. What would we be expecting? So this actually came from a part of another conversation. Uh, I just kind of clipped out this part. Uh, feels unexplored. Okay, so basically what they're asking about is if they crossed a reversed feminized plant to a feminized plant, what would we be expecting? Basically, this is just uh, reversing a female plant and crossing it to a female plant. You can cross... Uh, feminized plants to non-feminized plants to regular plants to 
feminized to non, however you want to do it, it is possible. People ask me a lot of times, is it okay to breed with feminized plants? Yes, absolutely. Is it okay to keep a feminized plant as a mother? Yes, absolutely. That is the same thing as a non-fem plant. The only difference was back in the, the pollen stage, we determined that you would not get any males. It was the pollen that was a male or a female. Uh, that female pollen hit a female plant, made female plants. It's all the same as any other plant, except it was guaranteed a female. A uh, good way to think about it, and Mr. Soul taught me this. I'm not taking credit for this analogy, but think about it. When we make feminized seeds, basically we have learned how to put up a filter. And when the males start shooting pollen, we have learned how to suck out all of the male pollen out of the air, out of the equation, so that only female pollen will land onto our female plants. That is not at all how the process happens, but it's a very good analogy how to explain it. The only difference is the pollen. We've learned how to take the male pollen out of the equation to create all female seeds. So crossing reversed feminized to feminized, what would we be expecting? That is basically uh, making a self plant. The things to think about that would be a variable here is are we reversing? Well, it says a reversed feminized to feminized. Is it the same feminized plant like a uh, golden goat? Let's just say I grew, let's just say Lemon Jeffrey. That's a better example just for where I want to go with this. Lemon Jeffrey is a feminized plant. It's not available in regular seeds at all. Um, let's say we use the Painted Lady cut of Lemon Jeffrey. She's got a beautiful Lemon Jeffrey cut. So we take that Painted Lady cut of Lemon Jeffrey. Uh, I reverse that one because it says a, a reversed feminized. So I reverse it. Treat it with silver thiosulfate. It is now making female pollen. Do I pollinate that same, another cut of the same Lemon Jeffrey? At that point, we're just going to expect more Lemon Jeffrey. We have made an S1, that is a selfed version of that Lemon Jeffrey. It's gonna make uh, pretty close to copies, stable, if you will, copies of the original Lemon Jeffrey. There will be some differences. You will see a little bit of Golden Goat in some phenotypes. You will see a little bit of the Lemon Skunk in some phenos. Most of them are gonna look just like the mommy that I used to recreate it because of the pollen donor and the pollen receiver, basically the mommy and daddy of this plant were the same plant. So it's going to look like this plant very much. So much of its genetics uh, mathematically are this plant. You do, like I mentioned, have the opportunity to see that golden goat and to see that lemon skunk. And also you're going to see weird outliers. That's just how genetics work. You're always going to get some weird shit expected. That is how genetics work. No matter how hard the breeding is done, how much work is done, nature loves to throw you some weird shit. That's nature's will to survive. If we try to control it too much, that's when it fucking fights back and it's like, oh, you think you got the breeding dialed in? Watch this. And then you get some weird fucking mutant plants. You had no idea we're going to come out. So um, reversed feminized to feminized. We took that Lemon Jeffrey. We reversed her. We put her on more Lemon Jeffrey. We have now made a Lemon Jeffrey S1. Uh, which is probably a little bit different than just when you do the golden goat to the lemon skunk, you're going to see variation there. If we take that just the lemon Jeffrey now and reverse that one and hit the lemon Jeffrey again, we're locking in those lemon Jeffrey traits. We've washed out the opportunity to see lemon skunk and golden goat a little bit, giving ourselves even more opportunity to lock in that lemon Jeffrey trait. So if we did reverse feminized to feminized, uh, what would we be expecting? So we've talked about if we pollinate the same thing, what if we pollinate a different plant. That is when we are doing uh, what I labeled, what I was calling at some point an R1 or a reversal. I will do an updated podcast on those labels because I have received a lot of feedback on that. Um, and yes, those were kind of terms made up by our, by our industry, by somebody in our industry, but it works is why I tried to go with it. Um, anyway, if you put that 
reversed lemon jeffrey pollen on any other plant you are now making a new cross and it's going to work just like if you put uh, any other pollen on any other plant except it's going to be all female uh, and you're going to see uh, let's say i'm just going to pick a plant i have to pick a plant to put this pollen on we're going to put reversed lemon jeffrey pollen on uh, let's just put it on the chem de la chem because that sounds fucking amazing right lemon jeffrey to chem de la chem what it's not happening so don't get too excited but it sounds fucking beautiful so now we've got the reversed lemon jeffrey and we're putting it on uh chem de la chem pollen or on a chem de la chem female that wouldn't work because that one's not feminized they want to do to a feminized so let's put that on something feminized orange gasm let's throw that on the orange gasm now you have made uh orange gasm cross to lemon jeffrey that is a new hybrid that's going to be lemon oranges craziness Unfortunately, they both have golden goat in the mix, so you're going to get a lot of golden goat in the progeny there, but that wasn't, that's beside the point. The point here is that you're just going to make a new hybrid. It will be just like if you were to put any other plant in a room and pollinate any other plant. But since you're using a feminized uh, starter plant, all of the offspring, all of the progeny, all of the seeds will be female. I'm going to say that. 99.9% uh, .9 of them will be female because like I said, nature does love to fuck with you. No matter how good the breeding is done, it is possible to find a male, a full-on nutty intersex plant, anything wrong. I don't know if I need to edit that word out or not. Um, I may. If you hear a bleep right there, you know what word I edited out because YouTube may get on me for that word. Um, uh, it won't be an intersex plant. It won't have male and female parts. It will be a straight up full on male. That is an opportunity to come from feminized seeds. It is one in a million or one in, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, one in a hundred thousand or something like that, but it is possible. I've seen it happen. I know another breeder who has had it happen. I've seen a breeder breed with a male that came from feminized stock and that makes a lot of females. Uh, it does put off some male plants, but most of the offspring are female. So it is possible. No matter how good the breeding is done, those plants are going to do what they want. Just like Jurassic Park, bro, life does find a way. We can't do everything to make the plants perfect every time. We do our best through selection. So um, let's see, where were we? Crossing reversed to feminized. We talked about that. Or reverse feminized to feminized. I wanted to talk about hitting the reverse pollen to a the same female to a different female the same time you're making uh, self plants the second way you're just making uh r1's reverse plant basically making new hybrids uh, i think i answered that one unexplored had to try it uh not very unexplored all the breeders are doing that um some people don't even realize that a what if you get a clone what if somebody passes you a clone of lemon jeffrey and you just decide to breed with it you probably didn't even think if that lemon Jeffrey came from a feminized seed stock. You just have the clone. You probably don't even think about if the original plant came from a fem seed or a regular seed. So a lot of people are doing that. They're just out there breeding with fem stock, with reg stock, and they're not even thinking about it until this episode. Now they're going to put thought into it. They're going to fuck everything up because now they're aware of it. They're going to stumble over themselves and trip over their own dicks. That's just how people get. Uh, but it's uh, not very unexplored. I've been exploring it. Uh, I got experience in there. Um, so crossing reverse feminized to feminized, you're just going to get great feminized offspring. If you do it right, you get great shit. Uh, if you do it to wonky plants that haven't been tested, if they have problems, uh, if they're prone to throw nanners, I'm trying to avoid that one word I said a moment ago, the H word, because we have a friend who got their channel flagged for saying the H word as hate speech. Uh, we're actually talking about intersex plants here. Please don't flag us. Uh, but 
Uh, if they're prone to do that, the offspring will do that as well. So be careful with your selection. Selection is key. All right, I want to send a big thank you to my buddy, Red Eye. Thank you for the great question. I hope I answered you because I feel like I got super rambly. All right, I've got another great email here in front of me. Let's not ramble too much. Let's get right into this one. Oh, that's not the one we need for the show. Actually, here is, it's on the bottom, of course. Here is the one I wanted to read on this episode. I'm not going to read the whole message because it is uh, quite long and we can get to the point kind of quickly here without reading all of this. This one came from our friend Debo Buds. This did come from the Irie Genetics website. There is a Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. If you go to irigenetics.com, you will see the Grow Help tab. Click on there. We ask you a few a few preliminary questions. We ask you what name you would like to be called on the podcast in case I do read your message. Big shout out to our buddy Debo Buds getting their message read here. We ask you what strain you're growing, where you're growing it, what kind of lights, just a few basic questions to help me help you. So let's get right into it. Uh, this one is from our buddy Debo Buds. They're growing a random seed indoor under LED. They're in flower. They're five weeks in. Uh, they Their last feed was a five-gallon res uh, with 19 mils. Let's see. Okay. They've broken down every mill of every nutrient. We don't need to read all that. They're feeding, uh, Botanicare, CalMag, Advanced Nutrients, Sensi Bloom, A and B, Bud Blood, a quarter scoop of Great White, uh, PPM or EC of the last feeding, 1200. I think for what you're putting in there, that seems a little bit low. And for week five of Bloom, that's a little bit low. There should be a couple other things in here. The daytime temps are fine. Nighttime temps are fine. No reports on humidity. Um, so I'm going to read part of this and we may end up editing this because this is kind of long. We don't need to review all of this here, but it does go on to say, what's up you bad motherfucker on my last flower run, which was my first flower ever during hydroponics. I made several mistakes. Yes, that is going to happen, but owning up to those mistakes is very important. Uh, it says at the time I was doing half strength of the recommended feeding as I, as it was working well in veg. So I continued that same pattern when flipping to flower. All was well until week five. So they're doing the recommendation. A lot of times we say, uh, podcasters, people who teach you about growing, we say that you only need to use about half strength of what a nutrient company recommends on the bottles because they do want you to buy more and you can always add something to your plants, but you can't take nutrients out. So start off at half strength, see what the plants are doing. If they're responding like they're hungry, if they want more of something, you can give it to them. But if they're acting like they're being burnt or overfed, then you know you need to reduce it. Start off weaker, work your way up, dial it in, figure it out from there. So our friend here was following good advice, going about it the right way. They were feeding uh, half-strength nutrients, and they were happy with it. The plant seemed happy until week five. It says, uh, then week five, I let's see. I noticed the PPM of the runoff was going up every day like they quit eating, so I added fresh 5.5 pH water. Uh, that water pH was way too low. You're pissing the plants off. Uh, only to top off the res midweek, but the runoff each day continued to climb. So after two days, I dumped the res and started to flush with RO uh, with RO water with a pH of 5.6. And then for the rest of the week, I just watered with RO water at a regular cycle, watching the PPM drop back down from 1,200 to 1,850. So you were getting a runoff of of 1,850. Okay, I continued this for a week. It never dropped under 1200. I called the manufacturer. Okay. Now I've got a couple of things to mention already. Um, did the plants look okay? We didn't talk about what the plants looked like. You just said then in week five, you noticed that the PPMs were way off. Um, 
You don't mention that the plants looked upset. Are you growing pH meters? Are you growing EC meters or are we growing plants? If the plants looked angry, you didn't include that here. So I don't know. But if you're just changing things up and doing random chaotic shit to your plants because of a meter and the plants didn't say anything about it, don't do that. Don't do that. The plants are the boss. We're not growing meters. We're not growing monitors. We're not growing programs. We're not trying to make the fucking charts happy. We're trying to make the plants happy. I love all of my toys, my equipment, my meters. It makes life easy, but those aren't what I pay the most attention to. I pay attention to the plants. I know what the plants need. I watch the plants. Do they look happy? Then I make a mental note of what parameters those plants enjoy. I know that these plants like it about 82 degrees. They like it about 60% relative humidity. They like a little bit of wind in here. They like it when I water them this often. So then I set up devices that will tell me when those parameters are being met or when they're not being met. I don't pay too much attention to the room, to the equipment, to the runoff, to the pH coming out of the plants. I watch the plants and if they're angry, they'll tell me and then I can start checking my monitors, my meters, looking at reports and I can see Oh, well, a couple of days ago, it got really hot in here. And I can see that today they're acting a little bit goofy or a few days ago, the runoff on the pH was a little bit high and now they're acting goofy. Now we can react. I don't look at runoff numbers and say the numbers are wrong. We have to change something. Uh, as soon as you start doing that, you fuck up the plants, watch the plants. They will tell you. So that is the main thing to start with. Um, yeah, you, you don't mention that the plants were mad. You just say that the numbers were wrong. So you changed it. Then you said you called the manufacturer and tech support and got reprimanded for only using half of what they recommend. My notes on my page straight up say, fuck that guy. If somebody reprimanded you for using their product the wrong way, fuck that guy. And again, I've only got to go by what you said. And you said they reprimanded you. So my, my if I called a company and I was like, hey, I need help with your product. And they reprimanded me. I'd fuck that company. I would never give them another dollar of my hard earned money. They wouldn't even hear from me. They wouldn't even, I wouldn't even take the energy to talk shit about them on a podcast. They, I would just forget they even existed. Uh, and the brand you're talking about until you brought them up, I basically forgot they existed anyway. Let's keep moving. So dude, don't let a nutrient company reprimand you for doing anything wrong. If they had good quality customer service, they would, they, what they should do is take you by your hand and guide you through it and do it the proper way. That is their job. If they want to call themselves customer service, that is the way to do it. What they did was a dick move. That wasn't cool at all. That is not customer service. That's uh, that's an ego problem. Uh, that's that's yeah, it's a, being a control freak and having an ego problem. Uh, if you want somebody to use your product, you don't reprimand them. I don't think you should reprimand them. If I wanted, if you were called me and you're like, dude, this product isn't working, I'd say, well, Let's figure it out. And I'd have a phone call with you. And we'd talk about what did you do? Well, here's where you went wrong. Here's how you can fix it. Call me in a week. We'll see how it's going. I wouldn't reprimand you. Like that's not the way shit works. So I hope you don't give them any more of your money. Abandon ship with those guys is my uh, vote with your dollars is what Scotty Rue would tell us. So it goes on. Uh, but man, I think I've answered most of your questions. Really, dude, I'm going to read a little bit more of this. But honestly, uh, one of your mistakes was adjusting due to numbers. Don't adjust due to numbers. The bottom line is the plants are the boss in this whole situation, not the investors, not the owner of the facility, not the IRS guy, not city planning and zoning, uh, not the consultant, not the lead grower, not the grow tech, not the trimmer, not the, uh, the compliance person. None of those people are the boss. They all like to think they are. We all like to think we are. The plants are the boss. The plants dictate everything in that place. Uh, you should make a schedule for the plants and you should have some some stuff like that. They can't write the rules and the schedules and they can't go get food, but they are the boss. So let them be the boss. I do want to read more of this. 
Uh, but when you said you got reprimanded, dude, that's frustrating. Don't ever let a manufacturer reprimand you. You should call them back and tell them that Rasta Jeff said to go fuck yourself. Uh, Vin says, I didn't think it was right either, but I'm not going to argue with them. I'm still learning. Okay, so they did tell you to use it full strength. I'm learning. I didn't know better than them. Uh, then the PPM stayed high. Then they started to drop again, and the plants are now showing sign of flushing. Well, yeah, you've been doing so much to them now that those plants are just going to be angry. You're in. Uh, if you're in any sort of hydro like that, they they do uh, they show you results very quickly, and you've done a lot to them. So they've been beat up. Um, I'm already, let's see, figured I'd switched PPM to EC on the next run. Oh, yeah, using a different scale may have messed you all up, too. When I checked the trichomes during all this time, they turned from clear to some milky, and some seem to have stalled out. Your plants are confused. Yes. I'm going to read more of this to myself really quickly, and we'll see if we can help you out anymore or if we've covered the important parts. Harvest dead. Time to move on. Sometimes that's the best way to do it, dude. Uh, cut it down and take note of what you did and learn from it and know what to do and what not to do next time. A lot of learning is learning what not to do next time. You, If you get everything right every time, think about it like if you're a skateboarder or if you're doing some extreme sport, you're out there on a fucking freestyle bike or a motorcycle. If you nail the trick the first time every time, you're never going to learn anything. You're going to get a big head. You're going to get a big ego. And then when it comes time to perform in the X Games, you're going to get nervous and you're not going to be able to do the basic tricks because you've been out there doing stale fish 360s. Can't even fucking kickflip, right? So, uh, yeah, learn. you got to learn from your mistakes. Crash and burn and hurt yourself is where I was trying to head. Uh, fall down. Get some road rash. Break a couple bones. And then you'll learn. I don't need to do that shit again. And you'll learn that I got to put my foot here. I got to put my foot here and you'll start landing your tricks. That's where I was trying to go with all that nonsense. Um, there's a lot to this message, but you've harvested. Uh, this message came in a while back. Um, my main point of this dude is uh, don't grow meters. Don't adjust too much to the meters. And then don't ever let a nutrient company representative talk down to you. I don't know who you are, uh, but nobody should ever reprimand you. Nobody. Maybe your mama or daddy, but that's the only person's. Um, maybe you're married, too. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Oh, I don't have page two of this anyway. There was a second page to this, but I feel like I have answered most of this question. This one actually came to us quite a while ago, so uh, that crop has been harvested. I did want to make sure to read that because when you said you were reprimanded by the representative of that grow company, it definitely uh, it made me frustrated. So I want to come on here and just make sure that you uh, stand up for yourself next time. And... My main point is don't grow meters. We're not growing meters. We're not growing EC meters. We're not growing. I love all of my toys. Don't get me wrong. I always talk about that. I know my friends that give me meters and make programs and stuff. They're going, come on, use the meters. I do, but they're not the boss. The plants are the boss. The meters are what I use to uh, as markers and indicators. If I've got a problem, then I go to the meters. The plants say something's wrong. I look at them. I can usually identify a problem, but I can use the meters, the programs, the notes, to kind of back up my claims. If I have to go to a facility owner and say, hey, I think this is happening. We need to spend money on this. They say, prove it. And I go, well, the plants show this. The status shows this. Reports show this. And this piece of equipment shows this. I've isolated the problem to this. They go, that's good work. We'll order the product, you think. I don't just go, hey, the plants are looking like this. We got to add CalMag. And they go, oh, how do you know that? And I go, because they're showing the little rusty spots, dude. And they go, no, let's look at the reports. Let's look at some shit and let's fucking back that claim up with something. Then we adjust the CalMag. All right. I did want to make sure to get that one answered because it did come in quite a ways ago. Uh, I feel like I rambled through that one quite a bit. But uh, one of your problems is that you're mixing brands. It looks like you are doubling up on your base nutrients in this. Also, um, use a more reputable brand. Use a brand that didn't reprimand you. Uh, I would recommend using New Millennium Bottled Nutrients. They don't pay me to say that, but they're good people. They've got great customer service. 
Uh, and a lot of my teachings are based on using their products. So if you're using them, you can follow along very easily with me. Uh, it's very easy to understand that way. Uh, but don't let anyone reprimand you and uh, grow from your heart. Watch the plants. Don't worry so much about the meters. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there. That is all I've got for you for this episode of the show. I want to thank you again for hanging out. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address, of course, is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Please don't be shy. Reach out. Let me know what you think. If you've got any updates, if you want me to talk about something on the show, let me know. I love generating listener-created content. Also, don't forget to check us out on Discord. The link is in the show notes and in the video description. Also, don't forget about the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All right, it is time for me to wrap up this show. You know, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my friend Jinx Proof. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Mm -hmm.